Hi, everyone. Cheryl Cran here. Thanks for coming back to the Next Now podcast. I hope you're enjoying the episodes that I've been sharing so far. Uh, As you know, I'm super passionate about the future of work and now the future of all things. And just last week, I announced my new book being released, Super Crucial Human. And this podcast has been getting a lot of downloads and a lot of listens. So that's fantastic. I'm happy to share my thought leadership and my insights and helping people get ready for the future now. Today, I want to talk about something that has really been in my, I don't know, I would say foremind or in the front of my mind. And that's because of sort of the the things I'm observing when I work with clients. And we consult with and coach and work with, as I work with as a keynote speaker, a lot of groups and leaders and audiences of teams and leaders. And I have become a, I would say, a master observer of human behavior, if you will, over the last 30 years. And so in addition to that master observance and alignment with all of the models and the strategies and the tools that I've created, developed, and worked with others with, I can tell you that there are subtle and not so subtle signs of resistance. And we are now in a time where for many offices, they are going back without masks. Uh, Some offices are just now having a back to the office uh, environment. Hybrid has caused some offices to allow people to stay working remote two days a week or three days a week. Some organizations have gone fully remote depending on what their business is. Others are really pushing for everybody back in the office. And really, we are in this heightened reality of change where no matter what is happening, everybody's going to have their own change response. From a human perspective, it's really important that we build our resiliency factors so that we're aware of our own change patterns and our change responses And then getting really good and intuitive and insightful as to others' change responses. Because if we're going to move forward into creating what we want to create for the future workplace in hybrid, which is here to stay, by the way, then we need to be able to not only observe these subtle resistances to change or not so subtle, but we need to be able to address them. We need to be comfortable with crucial conversations. We need to be willing to be comfortable with a little bit of discomfort in confronting a topic or someone's behavior. And I'm not talking in a way that creates conflict or creates uh, disruption. I'm talking in a way that with elevated conscious communication, we're able to communicate in a way that's focused on the we, it's focused on what we are trying to accomplish together, but it's also acknowledging the me, how's my behavior contributing to the success or the failure of where we're going in the future. And then also the we is how is your behavior contributing to the success or failure of where we're going to the future. So where we are in the workplace right now is we're really in an environment of mutual accountability. Everyone is accountable to their behavior. No one is exempt from their behavior, whether you're an SVP, an executive leader, whether you're IT, whether you're HR, whether you're administrative support, you know, whatever, whatever your role is, we are all accountable to be better human beings. And we're all accountable to be change leaders in order to drive forward the changes that we need to make happen in order for us to not only be happier as a workplace, but to deliver greater benefits and services to our clients. And so some of the subtle change resistors that I see, and I experienced these this week, I was working with a number of clients, both in person and virtually. And those subtle resistances are when somebody shares something 
that is, you know, maybe out of the the norm of the cultural dialogue. They share something that's research-based or observational as to what other organizations are doing, or they're bringing in a multi-industry perspective. A lot of times, the subtle resistance to that within an organization that has been long held established, that has its own ingrained culture, the subtle resistance can be almost, you can feel it almost like a they, they kind of sit back, look back, and they, it's almost like they don't believe you. So it's a subtle disrespect, if you will, for the external perspective. And the reason I point this out is it's super important that we recognize that what's causing that subtle resistance to that outside perspective is the resistance to change. It's this whole pushback. You know, when we put our fists together, we push back against each other. That's that resistance to change. Now, I've been at this for a long time, leadership development, team development, you know, future of work, that I have developed a high, high, high range of tolerance for the different change reactions. And, and I don't take them personally if they're aimed at me. And I'm really good at observationally being able to see them for what they are, but then being able to communicate them with the person that's giving those subtle resistances. So one of the the ways to deal with those subtle resistances is to call them out. So for example, I was recently at a virtual event. It was all senior leaders. I was brought in to provide an outside perspective on the future of work, where things were going. Uh, I I shared uh, recent research from World Economic Forum, Harvard Business Review, all sorts of very valid research-based organizations, including our own research that we do at Next Mapping, which is surveying and uh, endless research to make sure we're on track with what we're seeing as being true to impact the future of work. And so I was sharing research on it's a workers market it the workers market is here to stay till at least 2025 2030 um, in fact i would harbor a guess that the workers market is the new reality i don't quite say that yet because there's still again those resistances to employers going well no workers should be grateful that they have a job you know or those those sort of long held beliefs that the workplace is better if everybody's back in the office. So those the, the resistances come when, it, when someone brings in a opposing view. And that was me. That was my role. And so I said, hybrid's here to stay. And it's a worker's market. And the subtle resistance to that was watching the body language and watching people sort of yeah, not sure that I believe that. Now I opened my message with, hey, I'm open to your um, your challenge. I'm open to your disagreements. But I'm also watching for the, the the receiving of my message. And so when I saw that subtlety in how they were behaving, I then called it out. Hey, I'm guessing and sensing that many of you are not believing that hybrid is here to stay, that many of you believe that it's only temporarily a worker's market and it's going to go back to an employer's market. And so when I said that, yes, there were a few heads nodded, a few people. And then I said, well, let's just open the dialogue. And there were a number of dialogues around, uh, you know, that'll never happen because the, you know, one example was uh, millennials don't are, are, are very lonely and depressed and the, and the rate of mental um, health issues with millennials is higher than ever before. And my response to that was, yes, that's accurate. Research has proven that. And it's not just the millennials. The pandemic created this mental health crisis across all generations. And it's not relegated simply to the fact that we've gone uh, hybrid or virtual. It's relegated to the fact that we all need to elevate our, our ability to communicate. And we have to also have more compassion for where people are with their mental health. So what that's calling for is more leadership ability 
it doesn't mean we dismiss it as something that we shouldn't see as a change towards how we're going to work in the future. So that's just one example. Um, Another thing that you may notice is maybe you're sharing an idea and people will say things, well, that's all well and good, but we're different here. (laughs) And as a consultant, I hear that a lot. And with all due respect, every organization does have its own uniqueness, its own identifiers of what makes it a culture, its own success factors. But what I can also tell you as a consultant who for up to 30 years now has worked with hundreds of different industries and thousands of different companies, there are patterns of organizational um, success when it comes to leadership capability, recruiting success, retention success. And so those patterns show that when somebody says, well, that's all well and good, but for us, I recognize that as a pattern of subtle resistance that says, whatever you're sharing with us doesn't apply to us. Now, for you, you might be thinking, oh, that, you know, just the other day I was telling in the meeting that this is the trend towards workers' market. They weren't listening to me. So one of the things when somebody says that, well, that's all well and good, or we tried that before, but those are those are not subtle resistors to change. Those are overt resistors to change. So we meet them where they are. We don't try to push back. We just acknowledge, yeah, I can see how you would see it that way. May I reframe the question or can I reframe what I'm saying, which is we may have tried this 10 years ago, but perhaps the timing wasn't right. We're now in a new era with new factors, with new trends, social trends, worker trends, attitude trends. Could it be possible that this idea could have legs at this time? So rather than resisting back and getting defensive and defending our position, rather we want to we want to acknowledge their comment, acknowledge where they're coming from, and then bring them forward. Okay. And then um, the other piece that um, I think is really important is the the part around um, sort of passive aggressive communication when it comes to change, where somebody will say. You know, well, everything that you've researched or all these survey results that we've done internally, these diversity and inclusion surveys or employee surveys, they, they don't, I can't believe that what they said is true. And I've heard that a number of times from leaders. And it's like, well, wait a second. If you don't trust the data, then you're actually passive aggressively denying reality. And, and I get really, you know, kind of worked up about this because data doesn't lie, especially anecdotal data. So in other words, employees are rating and they're also giving comments about how they're feeling. And the data is right there. Employees are saying, I don't feel connected to my leader. Employees are saying, I don't feel like my leader understands my personal responsibilities as they and how they impact my job. I don't think my leader is compassionate enough around the realities of how I'm struggling in order to keep up with my workload. So a leader will resist and go, well, that's not true. That's not what they say to me, but that doesn't mean it's not true because the data is giving us information and the information is the opportunity. So I've had leaders say, oh, I see this as an opportunity, but it has to fit with our culture. I will agree with that. Yes, you have your culture and any change you make must be in alignment with what your culture I would say your cultural norms are. However, you also have to be willing to switch to line up with the trends and the patterns of the data. And if you're not willing to do that, you know, I had one leader say to me, so what if we just didn't do any of the things you're talking about? What if we don't offer hybrid workplace? And what if we don't increase the pay for our workers? And my comment was simply, 
you can experiment with that, but our research is showing that if you're not going to hybrid, you're losing highly talented people to companies who are offering hybrid or who are offering remote only. We're not just in a local worker shortage market anymore. We're in a global worker mar- workers market shortage, which means people are recruiting. They're chasing down your people everywhere. 40% of workers right now are looking elsewhere for opportunities. Why? Because they're looking for more flexibility. They're looking for value for the work that they're doing. They're looking for less commuting. So again, a leader will say to me, well, yes, but they all eventually will end up back in the office. That's where we're going. And again, the trends and the patterns would say, no, that's not where we're going because the pandemic created an opportunity to understand and experience what working from home or working virtually can do at least once or twice a week. Now, let me say to you, not everybody's suited to working remotely and not everybody is suited to working in office full time. The true opportunity we have right now in the massive change that we're in is to create customized solutions that match up with the workers. So, you know, taking a look at who's your your ideal workers, um, what are their work styles? Are they suited in office, out of office? How do we line up the work with our workers rather than trying to make our workers fit the way we've always set up the work? That's the biggest question and the biggest opportunity. So when we get to the future of work, it's not without having to lead change. And leading change means we have to respect and be open to the resistors to change. And we have to be mindful of and watch for the subtle and not so subtle resistors to those change. And then we have to elevate ourselves to not get defensive or to want to defend what we're sharing and what we think needs to happen, but rather meet them where they are, address where they are, invite the disagreement, have high confrontational tolerance, don't take it personally, and then continue to share research guidance and provoking thought around what the future could look like if we were open to some of the changes that research and trends are proving are going to continue to happen. So in today's episode, it's really about change, resistors to change, recognizing it, and then what do we do about it? I want to talk more on future episodes around our own resistors to change and how those are often, we overlook them because they're right next to us. They're so close, we can't see them. And that's where mutual accountability is so powerful in the workplace as well. I hope I gave you some things to think about in today's podcast. If you want more information, please go to nextmapping.com and do check out the new book, Super Crucial Human, which is where all books are sold. Take care. We'll see you soon.